Hey guys, welcome back to Thoughts Across the Ocean. We're so glad to have you here and tune in to this episode. We'll literally have a sea of topics to cover, sharing ideas, stories, experiences, and lessons. Let's get right to it and dive deep in the vast, vast ocean of our thoughts. Hey guys, what's up? Hey. Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> How's everything going? Good, good. Everyone's good. Hello there. Uh, before we get this episode um, started, I'd like to introduce Ooh. you guys to a new guest. All right, exclusively for this topic. Uh, in addition, of course, to you, Yen and Kervin, our <laughs> amazing people who's been here for the f- yes, past five amazing. episodes. Of <laughs> oh, yes, you are amazing. <laughs> I would like to welcome um, the founder of Mindaxi Life Coaching, all the way from Aussie, Woo! Jeff. Jeff, welcome. Hey guys, how are we? <laughs> Thanks for having me on the Tato podcast today. I'm excited to chat with you guys and tell you a little bit more about what welcome I do. To welcome thoughts to across the, podcast, the ocean, man. Let's have an exciting conversation. It's good to have you with us, yeah, for this episode, and uh, we are thrilled to have you on board. Um, so, just a little uh, story how I met Jeff. So, initially, we met through LinkedIn. Uh, he connected and initiated a conversation with me. And we kind of just exchanged thoughts for a couple of days. And um, he had offered to do an episode. And as a result, here we are. Here you guys are. And <laughs> reading back through our conversations and um, our initial virtual coffee, uh, I feel like you're the perfect person to share something about this topic uh, for this episode from experiences lessons uh, maybe some uncertainties and questions you had to go through Uh, with that I'd like to reveal the topic for this episode so let's talk about how do you overcome fears to achieve your goals that's a great topic that's the topic for this one yeah. Um so I think in the previous episode we had uh talked about expectations and mm-hmm. how expectations can sometimes be overwhelming for for us. Toxic I feel, even. I feel like everyone feels that way when. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we kind of wanted to go off um in that direction like expectations sometimes requires you to to overcome something. And that something is is always fear, you know, like fear of failures, fear of um, yeah, not doing fear it right looking stupid. the first time, maybe, or fear or, of being judged. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or f- fear of shame and all that. And um, seeing Jeff went through kind of a similar experience, we'd well, we'd like to hear your side of this story you know how you overcame your fears into being the the life coach you are right now um if you'd like to share jeff um we'd love to hear it so just a little bit about myself i'm jeff founder (laughs) of mind access life coaching and what i do is i help unfulfilled millennials get clear on their life vision help them overcome any kind of self-doubt limiting beliefs or fears and then we put it all together with a personalized game plan so that you can go out and achieve wow. your vision. 
and feel like you're actually making progress towards it because it's so important to have a strategy. Yeah. You know, Jay, I love the topic of this particular podcast episode. Something about, you know, overcoming fears is um, is really cathartic. And for me, one of the major things that I've feared for so much of my life was putting myself out there, you know, kind of being able to post on social media and just put myself out there in the public sphere that used to make me completely cringe and just filled with fear. Yeah. And, you know, it took me a yes. long, long time to get over it. But now it feels comfortable. Now it doesn't really feel like I'm pushing against my fears enough. So I need to do something even more, I guess, that really pushes me beyond my comfort zone because I've already right. taken that leap initially. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, I think I've had that fear as well, you know, like um, posting something on social media because mm. you, you fear that people are going to have negative comments you know they're gonna have yeah. something to say about it that you're not gonna like and um i think that's i think that's really stupid for us to feel that way um but when we were young of course you you didn't know that uh these things are gonna have like some effect on you and i feel like that was the fear like how it's gonna affect you mentally or how it's gonna affect you um with the de- decisions that you make Right. It was a fear of being ridiculed. Mm-hmm. That's what it was for the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be seen as like the cool guy. You know, <laughs> I was always afraid of like doing things. Yeah, I mean, like we can all relate to that. You know, we've all been through school and things. Um, the feeling, the pressure of needing to fit in, that like screwed me up for many years, and it really got in the way of a right. lot of my decisions. And um, overcoming those fears took a lot of effort, a lot of work. It's not an overnight process. Yeah, for sure so when you're when you're trying when you took that big leap was there like um like a run-up to it like was there or was it just kind of like i'll just screw it i'll do it no not really Um, can you like talk us through that yeah so these fears and like these like limiting beliefs i was a drug addict for eight years you know um i spent majority of my time i was a high functioning drug addict so i went through university got a couple of degrees, went to corporate, all that kind of stuff. It never affected my mental function, but I always put myself in positions that I didn't want to be in. I always took the path of least resistance. And for years, every time that I tried to do something, I would just curl up into a ball and just get too afraid and create no change. Like for context, I worked as Domino's as a manager for two and a half years during my early 20s, just because I was too afraid to leave. Mm-hmm. Um So for me, the turning point was when internally I could not tolerate another day of being this person anymore. I could not tolerate another day. I could not, there was a future in my mind I could see and I knew that my present actions could not reflect it. I knew I couldn't keep partying, drinking, smoking, doing all the things that I hate that make me so unhappy with my life. I knew I could not continue on any further. Mm -hmm. And two years ago, I made that change. And the first step was to become sober and that was a challenge in itself that was a congratulations itself, by the way it really really unlocked a lot of things hey thanks man mm-hmm. i appreciate yeah, it congrats for that mm-hmm. it's it's i love being sober now. i don't drink or nothing i hate all of that stuff like i just want that's to touch great it. It, drinking right. is so bad for you <laughs> it's one of the worst it's things that you do to yourself <laughs> and it's just like a social thing that we do yeah and it's right. legal <laughs> it what, like what a mockery it's it's legal you know like insane <laughs> yeah i think now like um uh i don't drink that much anymore i do occasionally sometimes just um two glasses of wine or or something and it wasn't like drink to get drunk 
you know i think that was yeah. that was the point before it's exactly, a drink to yeah. get drunk and you're like when you're not drunk like like and you, you didn't drink the fastest like, way what possible did you do? like exactly it's like you do it in 30 in 30 minutes mm-hmm. like just shots everywhere like with your friends and and mm-hmm. that's not something that um i do now and uh, not that i was an alcoholic before but it it did have an effect on 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 life like you were focused on just having that social drinking and it's drink drink to get drunk and it's not about um like socializing in a way that you get to learn from one another you know and i think it that's a good that's a very good step jeff like two years ago like you getting sober yeah we commend mm-hmm. you for that absolutely uh that, that that was amazing yeah thank you so what inspired you to be a life coach right so that's That's an interesting one. So when I got sober, I spent six months. So to rewire myself, I, I was pretty deep in at this point after eight years, right? So I had to find ways to rewire my mind. So one way was exercise. I exercised relentlessly and I still do, but especially during this period, it was like every single day. Um, I spent a lot of time learning. I discovered personal development too in this time. Like I never knew about, I thought it was like, you know, woo-woo stuff before <laughs> that, but At this point, I started to really learn and like get educated in ways that were different to academia. I was learning about concepts of psychology, philosophy, and I found these more enlightening than the academia work that I had done. And my background is in um, human biology, mm-hmm. neuroscience, biotechnology. So a lot of science, mm-hmm. but not, not mental-wise, right? Um, so as I started to get down this flow right. on Christmas Day on the year of 2019, I created an Instagram profile called Your Daily Purpose. And the whole purpose of Your Daily Purpose was to give people purpose in life. So I put out these posts just sharing my thoughts about philosophical events in history. And this page grew extremely quickly. It got to like 3,000 followers in wow. a couple of months. Like people just like, That's they were great. just loving it. Yeah. yeah wow. People just loved it. Yeah. So mm. people started to message me. And they used to say, you know, like, mm. you've really changed my day. This has been very helpful. It's changed the way I think about Aww. things. And I was just putting my yeah. mind onto Instagram, like spewing it out. Kind of like I'm doing right now, just spewing <laughs> yes. my mind out, right? And people resonate. The best way, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way I know yeah. how. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, people, as people were telling me this stuff, I was like, I actually can provide value to other people's lives. Before that, I had always been very centered on myself. I'd always thought about how can I make my own life better. Yeah. But at this period of time, I began to realize like people were looking to me as inspiration in their own lives, and this changed everything for me. It made me realize that I have. I, ha- I can do something in this life, right? Because I'd always known that the world is an yeah. unjust, unfair place. That's just reality. I'd always been aware of yes. that, but I had yeah. never done anything about it. So as this process started to change, I began to realize, you know what? I can do something about it. I can create some kind of positive impact. I don't have to sit here and sit in this job and mind my, numb my mind with drugs and alcohol and just tell myself it's all okay as long as I don't feel the pain. And I realized, no, I'm going to change that. So I literally quit my job, moved to Melbourne, started um, my own business with the life coaching. And I started reaching out to people all across yeah. the world, like just learning as I went. But this was a long, long process. But the key is that I realized I was done. I could not spend another day doing what I used to do. I was just like, I'm done. It's not happening anymore. And when I made that decision, I just did right. all that was necessary in between. I love that. And I, I feel like helping do, do yeah, you feel think, like helping think, other people yeah. helps you in in a way 
not really. It's not mm. about me. It's about the positive impact that I'm having on the world. Like, look, with me, I've spent so much of my life being self-indulgent mm. because being raised in a first world country, it's all we're trained to do. We're capitalists, you know? So we mm. consume and we consume. For me now, does it make me happy? Of course it makes me happy, but I'm not doing it yeah. for me. I'm doing it because I realized that like, I don't have to be this particular guy that just lives, wakes up, does the rat race for money and just basically numbs his mind, right? I don't have to do that. I can speak my truth and people that might resonate with me. If you like what I say, that would be amazing. If you would like my help, come my way and I'm more than willing to help you out. But no, it is not just for me. It is for the impact that I would like to provide because I have that vision I want to build towards. I love that. Yeah. I think Yen had something to say earlier. No. Oh, you did. You I'm sorry, I cut like you it. off. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I was she so forgot. focused on what you were saying. I forgot <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I think that's, yeah, I feel like um, giving someone purpose or like trying to, to help them in a way is also fulfilling for yourself. Um, but that is not the main goal, actually. The main goal is trying to help people, right. um, trying to, to make their lives better or trying to just add something in their life that they can use you know i mean <clears throat> as jeff said that um if you if he says something that people like then yeah go ahead and have a conversation with me you know like you're not going to please everyone not not everyone is going to agree with with how you think or or what you know mm-hmm. or or your mindset but those uh like-minded people of course will come your way and will for sure um like uh, learn from you and in turn like learn something from you as well you know it's it's a two-way kind of like learning and conversation like what we're doing now like we're learning something from jeff and i'm sure with whatever we're saying jeff is learning something from us as well and mm-hmm. i think that's that's the whole purpose of of having genuine conversations right just be yeah. authentically you um we don't have to mask ourselves in the perfection that it is um, like encouraging the world or in at work or professional. They're going to they're going to judge you with how you dress, you know, or your education. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think it shows knowledge through through your degree or um, your experiences. I think knowledge is is within us and how we can add value to other yeah. people's lives. Well said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well <said. laughs> the only stipulation with that is that the the reality is the majority of people are not at that level of understanding of how that works because it's not due to their own fault but it's the way in which we've been conditioned since childhood you're always conditioned mm-hmm. to respond with reactivity meaning mm-hmm. everything is personal everything is about you right because you're always taught from a young age that the world revolves around you, not explicitly taught, but implied. So like, for example, when you're in school, you've got to have better grades than, you know, this person next to you. You've got to compete. You spend your whole life competing, but you don't realize Mm -hmm. that there is no one else that is going to take what you have or is going to take what you might have because it's an infinite game because there are infinite variables. But we are conditioned to believe that everyone else is separate from ourselves, but that is not the case. Realistically, We're all on the same playing field. We just have different things in play for ourselves, but it's just how we use those things. So like when someone else might judge us, that's all they've understood. They haven't raised their level of understanding to see that judgment has no purpose. 
because judgment is a defense mechanism for the inferiority they might feel. But that's an assumption for me too. That's just one example, right? So there's, there's so many variables mm-hmm. going on, but the key is to kind of just watch and like observe, but not let it emotionally affect you. You're kind of just learning about everything yeah. as it goes. And I think we're conditioned to feel like if I win, then someone has to lose. Or if you win, then I lose. Mm. When in reality, we all win when we all win, right? Like we all benefit from everyone being right. well off. It Like I, I don't, we don't benefit from someone losing. I feel like that's a very capitalistic ideology where there is like competition and there is a hierarchy. And if someone is at the top, someone is at the bottom. But I feel like if we all are doing well, then that just, improves everyone's lives it does and that's why you know they talk a lot about overpopulation being a problem well overpopulation is only a problem if majority of the world is uneducated and not provided resources because then you're kind of having to provide aid but overpopulation is a good thing because you know the way the world is there is a lot of land that can be inhabited there is a lot more that humans can do to build ourselves up there's a lot of capital inside of the young yeah. minds of say like young impoverished kids that we're not nourishing because we'll never know right so we're always taught that we've got to preserve and that we always have this sensation of lack but that sensation of lack is an economic struggle because we're trying to build into the idea of scarcity so that therefore we can raise demand we can raise the demand it's all a, it's all part of the economic model that's been conditioned into us and that's why when we consume we don't realize that we're taking part in a game that's already been planned for us mm-hmm yeah, I think um, as humans, um, we tend to, as Jeff said, we tend to compete. But if we do work together, I feel like we can we can make a great impact, you know, in the world. The problem is not everyone wants to work together, right? And I think maybe that's that's normal for human beings not to work together, or I'm not sure. Um, because everyone wants to be successful, everyone wants to be rich. I think it's greed that drives other people. You know, it's not um, it's not in the sense of community or or uh, a better impact or a better future, and it's just I don't know. To me, it's just sad that people can think yeah. that way. You know, I mean, I'm not judging. Like, I'm not judging people who came from the bottom and then started to build, build their life or i'm proud of people who, who do that but i feel like if everyone comes together you know the rich and the poor everyone in between i feel like we can we can create a greater impact than what we're experiencing now there will be no poverty in the world and mm-hmm. all that For stuff sure. the only problem with that model is um they, they tried that they, they tried it with marcus and they tried it with socialism yeah, yeah. in the Soviet Union. And the reason it collapses is because you, you can have utopia, but there's one thing you can you can never take away. It's human greed. It's it's mm. the equilibrium of mm, life yeah. in terms of personality, right? We are balanced in terms of like there are those yeah. that access, you know, giving. They access like, the positive side of mm. themselves. And there are those that will likewise do the opposite. And when you harness the power of human greed, because that is innate between everyone, it just depends whether you act upon it. Yeah, That's when it destroys utopia because some people always do that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is like, um, I feel like it's a human thing to kind of strive for yourself, right? I feel like 
some parts of why western culture kind of don't they don't really buy the socialistic model or the communist model is because they believe that succeeding based on your own merit is the way to go and there is kind of some truth in that where um if everyone gets the same reward regardless of how much effort you put in then that kind of demotivates you to actually you know like put in the extra effort in because if if i'm working as hard as or if i'm working more than the person next to me but we're getting the same amount of pay then what's the point pay Mm. so i think that's where it comes from like being individualistic and capitalism where it's instilled in in a lot of cultures that striving for yourself is the model and you know the ideology that everyone should strive for. Absolutely right when you talk about the Western world, because, um, you know, for me, I'm half Chinese, half Portuguese. So as a child, I'd always go live in Malaysia for long periods of time. And uh, living in Malaysia is completely different from living in the Western world. You're, you're not so individualistic there. It's all about community, right? It's all about, you know, if your neighbor does well, then you're doing well. If your parents are doing well, you're doing well. Here, it's like, if I'm doing well, then I will pick and choose where I invest myself. It's all about gain. It's all about profit. And, you know, these are not bad things. They drive the economy. But the downside to it is that it takes away community and that feel. And uh, and you're absolutely right. I was listening to Jordan Peterson talk about this, actually, about how we've lost a sense of community in the Western world. We're so driven towards success and individualism that it makes us lose sight of the true meaning of life, which is basically just interacting well with your fellow human beings and creating a good world for everyone. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you've heard this, uh, I think in India, there's this uh, city co- called Oroville. And everyone there just... Have you heard that? No, I don't Oroville. think so. Mm-mm. Uh, research that like everyone works together in a community um regardless of color race and all that uh it's called oroville um it's amazing um the concept that they did there uh regardless of education as well and everyone is just working together and there's no um no discrimination uh that's that's what i that's what i research and you can research it yourself as well and i think that's a very good model to follow in terms of like um community yeah absolutely having that in the world would be amazing but the only thing would be like how would you extrapolate that to large populations like with a community of maybe a hundred you could well you could well integrate and say like okay we all have the same objective right which is to sustain our community and grow it incrementally but if you were to put that on a scale like the usa which is probably the most fractured country i've ever seen (laughs) Like ever, it is. It is so. I, I have no idea how it exists in, in at all, even in theory. Like I don't know how it would exist, but it actually exists in reality. Like how how would we get everyone on the same page? Is everyone has a different objective, and we look at people mm-hmm. in terms of demographics rather than individuals. So going back to um, like overcoming the fear, um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we were kind of like drifting off to another topic. I was <laughs> I think probably it's like I feel like there is fear, you know, like 
you know, the Cold War. They were fearful of communism, Fear so they want to like, we're, we want to instill this capitalist ideology because we're not comfortable with that communism because we're associating with fascism. Um, so we can relate it to fear. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so okay i have a question about fear with um for Go ahead. for jeff so when you speak to your clients when you're like doing your sessions and stuff and i'm sure you've spoken to like a good handful of them so one thing that i i'm curious to know is like what do you think are the mistakes people make often when they're trying to overcome fears and how do you help them correct that or how do you guide them through that mm, i don't know if we classify it as a mistake but probably an obstacle would be in expecting a similar outcome from whatever it is they're trying to get away from it's like the analogy of like the wolf chasing you through the forest you look at your fears as something that is separate to you and it's like you know you use them as a scapegoat for actions that include mm -hmm. self-sabotage self-sabotage but you're not using them as an integration of yourself. The key is to understand where those fears are coming from. And to understand where fears are coming from, it's doing a deep dive into your psyche. For example, not many people spend time literally just taking a day thinking about how far they've come or what might be stopping them as obstacles. You know, we're always on the go. We're always reacting to situations. We're all busy. Everyone's busy. But are you being proactive busy or reactive busy? And to get clear on your fears is to really get synchronized with who you are as a person this is something that is really lost especially in the modern world is like who are we as people not what we do not what we say but who we are on the inside and to understand that you have to go into your developmental into your childhood into things that happen say um, events of rejection events of intense fear characterizing and realizing and isolating it not the event per se but where that emotion first started and then you can understand how that emotion is active in your life today so like say for example if you're afraid of public speaking and every time you get up and try to do it you sweat profusely that's a trigger and you have to understand that yeah. if i'm ignoring that then i'm ignoring a fear so you need to get clear on what these fears are understand it and mm -hmm. look for the triggers when you understand the triggers you can begin to do something about it you can learn things you can develop yourself but the key is understanding yourself first Otherwise, the fear will always pop up. That's the self-sabotage you hear about. Yeah, I agree with that. I kind of want to share like a goal that I have and a fear related to that goal. So I'm in school for nursing and I've, I've been talking to a bunch of people in terms of people who are nurses and are in the field and they're telling me, they're giving me a realistic view of what it's like to be a nurse. And coming into it, I had like this romantic view of it. I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, there's like a nurse shortage, nurse shortage in 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 the world," and I kind of want to like put my hand up and mm -hmm. you know volunteer, like I I volunteer as tribute kind of thing. Um, so I tried not to go into a lot of research so it doesn't deter me, it doesn't you know give me fear before I even start. Um, but the one fear yeah. that I do have with, with being in such a demanding job is that I have depression and I'm always fearful that what if one day 
I have a bad day and I have to go to work and I can't be as good as I want to be at my job that is, you know, reliant on my performance. And this is life or death kind of thing, you know? So that is the biggest fear that I have. It's not even like, oh, I have to do all these steps. It's not even like it's going to be hard. It's not even like, am I going to succeed? I'm just like, I... I I know I'm going to succeed. I'm like instilling that in myself, right? I I know I'm going to succeed. I'm manifesting that. But when I get there, I'm just scared that my depression will kick in and I will just have like the worst time with it. And I'm going to get to a point where like, I hate this and it's going to ruin me. So that is, that is one fear that I have with that. Okay. Well, I've got a question for you. So you mentioned, that's oh, normal. No. Sorry. Oh no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Keep going. Uh, no, I just feel like when you're romanticizing something so bad or so good, and it it will never turn out the way you had imagined. Like very much so. Like connected to our previous um, uh, sorry episodes where like one of the advices I was gonna give my my younger self was like, life is a constant changing factor. Like it will never be that um like thing that you imagined it to be so it is natural so when you're when you get there and it's not at all like what you had planned and it does start to dig in your um mental health and your emotions and you're just kind of you get really confused so i think that's more of a natural reaction that like you would have yeah that's it Yeah, I think Jeff had uh, something to add to Kerwin's uh, point. Well, I just wanted to say thanks for sharing that, Kerwin. I know it's, uh, it takes a lot of strength to be vulnerable. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned quite a few variables there. And the one thing that I was really interested in was when you mentioned that you were afraid that you could not be your yeah. best, right? So you, you seem to have characterized this idea of what the best mm-hmm. is for you. But if you could define the best, what would the best be? Being like at the top of my game, all the time <laughs> that that is my idea of yeah you see like i hate i hate ugh, i'm such a perfectionist so i and i kind of hate that i'm a perfectionist but that's just how i function like i want to be like the best that i could be in anything that i do and if i'm not the best even once it it hurts my soul i feel like i'm disappointing someone or yeah. myself i think i'm the same yeah, yeah. What does it mean? Because you know these are all vague terms. <laughs> you know, you said the best multiple times, but you haven't characterized what it means to be the best. I so in terms of nursing, like being the best, quote unquote. I I want to always be like I I want to always be able to like find the the vein and get the needle in there without hurting the person. I want to always be able to, like, save a life. I want to be able to, like, always say the right thing to someone who is going through, you know, grievances and make them feel better. So I I, I always want to be able to do the right thing that would benefit the situation. Would that be the best or would that be being consistent? I guess guess that, yeah. Because... I guess my fear is not being consistent. Mm. Yeah. So when you say when you say the best, right? And you know, 
you, you keep extrapolating upon that. Do you think that in nursing, there is a finite game where being the best gives you the greatest reward? Is that what you're after? Or is that not the case at all? I, I just, I feel like I, I just have a fear of disappointing people. And I, I just have this mm-hmm. idea where, yeah. like, right now I have a desk job. If I make a mistake, it's not a big deal. But as a nurse, you make a mistake that could, like, affect someone's life. You know, so if if I make them like that's mm-hmm. where my anxiety is coming from is like I don't want to make a mistake. I want to be like perfect all the time so I don't affect someone's life negatively. Do you think though that perhaps this expectation you have in yourself might cause you to slip up and do something like that? Do you feel like putting these thoughts where they're coming from might extrapolate mm-hmm. that in reality? I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do you think you will do? You know, what well, if you think even in your mind there is a slight morsel that you may not be the best and you're trying to be the best in a field where being the best really isn't relevant because you're not a CEO, <laughs> you're not an entrepreneur, you're not running, you know, a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> you're looking after people, dude. So if you're looking after people, you don't have to be the best, but you have to be part of a network of people that cooperate so that you can provide the best service. But you as an individual in this case does not have to be the best individual because mm. you're part of a team nursing is teamwork I, I used to i used to work in clinical trials and i used to work with a lot of nurses all the time and nurses they're all very heart-centered meaning that if you're thinking with logic in terms of i want to be the best then that actually separates you from everyone else's heart centered because heart-centered people cooperate on a deeper level of emotion and if that what that if that might separate you from cooperating well with the rest of the team just some yeah, food for thought yeah. and i feel like that said. connects with the conversation that we were having earlier about like working as a unit instead of you know trying to be individualistic and succeeding on your own i like that thank you <laughs> exactly my dude yeah no worries <laughs> i can't relate to that like i'm kind of like a perfectionist myself like at work uh, where i do have um like technical a technical analysis job when i do something that's not correct in terms of calculation i'm like oh my god what the hell did i do you know I'm like that's not mm-hmm. right like why did i do that like and then like you try you beat yourself up for it because of that one number you know or that one equation that you didn't do correctly and um i feel like it's the fear also of trying not to please people like if you have like if it's your personality to try and please someone and that one time you you fuck up and you don't please that one person i feel like that kind of have um a negative impact on you like oh my goodness like i didn't please this person today for that five minutes (laughs) and you're gonna be thinking about that you know you rethink that uh one mistake and that kind of like um covers your whole day you know just because of that five minute mistake why do you think it might have such an impact, um, you know, like when you're looking at that mistake, right? Why do you think that might have such a great emotional impact on you? Like I said, I feel like it's um, like not pleasing someone or mm-hmm. like um, not giving them the best of my ability. Like it is my job to do that. And if I didn't do it correctly, then that's on me, mm-hmm. right? It's my mistake. Like that's something I did wrong. And, and if that has an impact on something else. You know, this cal- this one calculation can be an impact for the whole calculation, you know, that could go wrong. And that's something that, um, like, 
I think about sometimes you know when I, when I'm when I'm doing my job that's why uh sometimes I <clears throat> I go back <clears throat> sorry I go back to to uh, um to my calculations recheck then recheck them again then recheck them again because I don't want to have to make that mistake and the fear of making that mistake I feel like is is um I don't know um like you overthink it mm-hmm. you know and then in turn and then in turn you don't get to do the other things that you had listed down that you want to do so it's actually quite a uh, quite a smart fear in the sense of like that fear might be detracting from different areas of your life because it's drawing your emotions but it's stopping you from making mistakes so it's actually quite smart but have you ever considered putting in boundaries to how many times that you can recheck before you drive yourself mad like how many times can you just say i've checked it like three times this is it it is 100% any mistakes that happen from here i'm going to learn from this or is it just like you just keep going and going and going until you're like wasted the whole day that kind of thing like what happens i i think i kind of give myself a limit like <laughs> i check the calculation three times and then okay i'll have my manager check it now and then when when he calls me for something and oh this one was not done properly and then i'm like oh my god i'm screaming in inside of my head like what the hell i checked it three times already you know but i feel yeah. like that is something that happens mm. naturally anyway that's why you have someone to check it after you because you you overlook something you know you overlook something mm-hmm. all the time and it does not happen only in the workplace also in yourself and it's like it's like when when someone outside of the like the friend group maybe like ha- have something to comment oh you know your friends are are doing that you know they're only taking advantage of you but you don't see that when you're inside the circle or when you're inside mm-hmm. of the the group of friends because it's something you overlook yeah, you're too close or to you it. look past mm. and i feel like that's also kind of like relating it to the work that you overlook something like you have to have someone else do the rechecking for you and that's that's okay mm-hmm. you know it doesn't mean that you're you're completely wrong with everything that you did it's just that one one number that one thing that you have to have someone look at and be like hey this this is wrong or this is or you're not doing it properly or you know like a comment for you to learn from it right that's a healthy fear mm-hmm. because um that that's that, that may not even be classified as a fear that's more of like being accurate that's like making sure you're doing your job right the 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 only time it becomes a, a hindrance to you is when you put that into your personal life and you start to put that into everyone around you that expectation of being accurate yeah. all the time but in your job no that's that's smart <laughs> because i uh, you know it's better <laughs> to get it right once than to get it wrong a million times right so do it properly yeah, the first exactly. time exactly yeah, so what about you, Yana? Do you have any fears that you like to share or, you know, as, as a parent, as a... <laughs> Ironically, as a mom, I like, fear yeah. sharing my fear. Uh, <laughs> that is the fear. <laughs> let's dissect that. <laughs> but, like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Um, my fear is also, like, putting putting myself out there and, like, letting people know because I'm, I'm quite a private person i would say like i would only open up to like really really close people like a good handful and like you might be close to me but you won't 
ever know me to a certain depth. Like, obviously, Kervin and, and Jay know me only because, of course, we've been friends since forever ago. But, like, for other people, like, I definitely limit what I say and how, like, how I present myself. Um, because I'm, I'm so afraid of, like, showing everybody my real self or something. I've been working on it, to be honest. I don't know what it was. There was, like, a shift when I turned 30. Like, I'm too old for this shit. I don't want to pretend, like, kind of, like, more, more in that sense. Um... Yeah, but, like, my my fear, like, something I can think of right now is just putting myself out there and, like, um, like I feel like I have stuff to share in a different sense, not like Jeff does. Um, it's more, of course, for the things that I know about, which is, like, being a parent and being, um, like, like a, like a mom or, like, it was just, I feel like it was such a wild ride for me. Like, I... And no one has said anything. And I'm just like, how has no one said anything? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. So I got, I kind of, I pushed myself because I constantly listened to some podcasts. Um, one of them mainly Rob Dial. I, I've spoken about this guy multiple times. And one thing that struck out to me, one, one thing he said is to lean into like that discomfort, because if you don't, you don't grow mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my god that that that's so that's so true like because if you constantly stay in your box and in somewhere you're comfortable you'll just stay stagnant you'll never actually yeah. like do anything big or do something new or do something progressive with your life and i felt like this was my moment and it was kind of just like a flip of a switch like one day like I texted like Jay and Kirvin. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. I'm because I, I really yeah. wanted to start my yeah. podcast, and that was a oh, that was a huge fear. <laughs> do you want to do a little like, plug about your podcast? About. <laughs> no, that yeah, was amazing. Yeah, the one you just came out with your first hey, episode. Spotify, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> Woo! Congrats. <laughs> no, but yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. like to congratulate um Yen for taking that step, you know, because she she did have like a fear of going into it, you know. Like initially she said that I do want to do a podcast, but how do I do it? You know, she has a lot of questions. Um how do I do it? What if my my first content is is not as good as I want it to be? You know, what if my my <laughs> AC fan makes that <laughs> that sound <laughs> that I cannot, you know, it has to be kind of like perfect in terms of the first yeah. gosh we're all such but, perfectionists but we're you disgusting. learned it <laughs> yeah it's never that's something new i learned apparently <laughs> it's never gonna be perfect it's an asian thing especially I'll the just, person i'll just put it I there think it's, mm. <laughs> yeah. it's an asian thing you're right but talk about putting yourself out there Absolutely like right. your podcast is all you like you know it, you're you're the host mm -hmm. you're yeah, exactly. it's all about your experiences God. you designed it you know like you <laughs> curated everything about it so like you know like your fear about being vulnerable and putting yourself out there you're like you're doing it so good job yeah, yeah you're you're overcoming still... it like step by step yeah i guess so <laughs> uh like every time now like like i put it up like i put up that episode and I just went dead silent. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put it out. Even though I re-recorded that like multiple times, I'm just like, oh, it doesn't sound right. And I can't bear to listen <laughs> to my first episode again. 
because I can just hear all the kinks and the mistakes and other people might not hear it. I'm sure nobody does, but like I definitely hear it and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I fix this? And I tried and I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. Just, just do it. And it's just like, okay. And then I've, I've received a few like positive um, comments, surprisingly from people I didn't think would say anything. Like it was really, but it was really nice. It was really encouraging and i think that's the thing that that's keeping me straight like keeping me going right now like to continue like people do actually like albeit it's just a few people naturally it's it's a new podcast but like because i got good feedback i think that's that's what's keeping me going but it means you're doing it right if if one yeah but if one day you get negative feedback. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. It's gonna, it's gonna happen, you know. It will yeah, happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Now that's, that's a fear. Okay. That's a new unlocked fear right now. <laughs> <laughs> Achievement. <unlocked. laughs> Funny how that works, right? Like once you overcome uh, so, one fear that you have, more fears come. <laughs> it's like come. another level, yeah, exactly. and you're just like all these obstacles that you have to keep going which is i guess whatever keeps us going right yeah that only means like you're unlocking the next level as you said like maybe this this level has a different kind of fear that you have to to get past or that you have to to get through yeah you know it means you're growing like i feel like fear shouldn't be something we should be afraid (laughs) of but it should be something that um like we tackle you know like okay this this is my obstacle. I'm I'm I have a fear of um, speaking in front of people. I'm just gonna speak in front of people. <laughs> I don't care what they say, you know. Oh yeah, Jay, care, let's see like, it. <laughs> I'll organize no, 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 no. a press conference for you. Because <laughs> that's one of Jay's uh, fears: is uh, public speaking. Yeah, to speak exactly. That's why I had initially done the podcast because here, yeah, they don't see you. You know, you you're just talking to to a mic or to someone in front of the the computer. It's not like um, you're surrounded by a crowd. It's not like that. So I I guess this is me trying to overcome yeah. that fear slowly. You know, but not not in in the big scale. Like oh, I'm gonna stand up in front of a, a thousand crowd and I'm just gonna start talking. But I do want to be mm. in TED TED talk. I'll be One there. <laughs> no. I'll watch you on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. Anyway. I'll be there live. <laughs> Tech, TED Talk QA. <laughs> anyway, um, I do have a question for Jeff. Like, how did it feel for you when you overcame your fear in in doing something that you love and doing something that now you're you're sharing with everyone? It was cathartic, um, very cathartic. Like, it's like a, um, if we're talking about like an internal understanding, it just feels like a level of yourself has been unlocked. Like, there, you know, we don't, we don't realize it, but we, we hold on to physical manifestations of fear. Like, for example, when putting things out on social media, you might sweat a lot, you might have a lot of tightness in your chest, you know. And for me, especially when I launched Mind Axis, um, this is a, pretty funny story about it when i launched mind access the day before i was going to launch i i overthought everything i went through my entire facebook and linkedin and like cherry picked people that i thought might actually like my page back and i was like mm-hmm. okay i'm just, I'm just going to invite these people to like my page i don't want everyone to know about it 
Uh, hopefully no one judged me, et cetera. And then on the day when I launched, I was like, fuck it. And I just invited everyone. <laughs> and I just don't care anymore. Like I just realized what can seem so important to you. Yeah. Nobody else knows mm. or no one even cares. Yeah. Everyone is so involved in their own shit. Yeah. And yeah. like when, when you try and like put yourself into everyone's shoes and you're like, oh, they're going to think of me like this. They're going to think of me like this. It's unrealistic. Because you can, mm, I can never sure. know what you guys yeah. are thinking. You can never know what I'm thinking. It's just impossible, right. unless I tell yes. you. So to me, like I've never really overcome fears. I work through fears all the time. There's always different fears that I'm coming up, and I just push through it because I realize that an obstacle is only an opportunity for me to get better, for me to learn yeah. something, for me to develop my skill set. There are no limits until we die. We're always a work yeah. in progress. That's my firm belief. There's never a point of mastery. There's only a point of like gradual improvement towards learning more and giving value back right. and getting better in the process. I feel like for me, overcoming fears is kind mm, of that's like a good one to quote. it becomes addicting at times. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that feeling that I got mm. from <laughs> overcoming that fear. What other fears do I have? And like, <laughs> I just want to keep overcoming them. So <laughs> to me, like when I yeah. remember what the feeling yeah, was yeah. like when I overcame like a previous fear that I had, I remember that when I'm overcoming, you know, a current fear or a future fear, I'm just like, remember, remember when you did that thing and you actually put yourself out there and you felt good, like you felt <laughs> ecstatic. It was like so life affirming afterwards. Remember that and keep that going because that's that's what's going to drive you. Yeah, and and when True. you say that, I feel like that fear, or it's it's kind of like you're holding yourself back mm -hmm. sometimes. That's fear, you know. You you hold yourself back, and I think I I mentioned this is um, in the previous episodes where I said you hinder yeah. yourself from growing. You hinder yourself mm -hmm. from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. You hinder yourself from from putting your yourself out there. And it's just you, as Jeff said. No, no one cares like if it's important to you or not. Like, yeah. it's important to you. That's all that matters. If it's important to you, then yeah. just do it. Go for it. You know. You are your like, don't own worst yourself. enemy, but you are also your own hero. I don't know if that's a saying, but I'm coining that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Quoted. Said, said by Kerman. Copyright. <laughs> There's a uh, there's a there's a yeah. thing that um you know I've I've done a lot of like observation on like society I've done a lot of population demographic study, and the more that I delve into it, the more I begin to realize that uh, we're a very new culture, right? So within the last hundred years, we've transitioned so quickly, and intergenerational trauma is massive. So like for example, the trauma that your grandparents had would be passed to your parents, and that trauma is passed on in behavioral mechanisms. Like for example, your upbringing, right? Yeah. So in terms of upbringing, we're taught different societal standards that don't reflect our current society. So like right now, it's all about you know go for it, digital world, this, 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 this. But you know yeah. our upbringing might say humility, and hum part of humility means hiding. Part of humility means you know let other people do that stuff, and we'll just do our things as like good denizens of society. And it's, it's all part of our upbringing of who we're expected to be as per our culture, as per our genetic background, all this stuff, right? So um, the majority of life, you know, we, we talk about it as like leveling up, but I would actually say it's unlearning. It's like unlearning all the stuff that you were taught to think, like, you know, if we were kids, right, 
we would say whatever we want, you know, we'd, we'd eat that pie, you know, we'd run around, you know, we'd throw sand at each other, we'd have fun, we'd do whatever we want. But then the older we get, we're like, you can't do this, you can't do that, this is bad, this is good, and your life is pre-programmed for you, and before you know it, uh, you're a duplication of a previous generation, and the key is to recognize that and discover where you want to be, who you want to be, and unlearn everything, and that's part of the journey, really. I love that. Mind blown. You're, you're, you're touching a very... Um... <laughs> sensitive topic there <laughs> I, I had read it in rich dad and poor dad as well um mm-hmm. it's it's um uh, it's not about reading or writing it's about unlearning relearning what what we knew you know or what we know mm-hmm. um which is which is what jeff was saying we have to unlearn those things that were were instilled in us uh, ever since we were younger or like um how we were brought up and then relearn the new things that um, the possibility of unlocking different knowledge or new things or like people in terms of our emotions, in terms of, um, uh, I don't know, ideas, you know. Because if we're just basing it off from everything that we've learned, then there's no room for improvement then. Because when you learn everything already, what you have to learn about this certain topic, then you're not going to go back and say, oh, I want to read that again. You know, I want to see what else I can learn from that. It's like math. You learn how to add. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very bad example because, <laughs> because no, addition like, is just addition. Definitely <laughs> exactly. math is a good so example maybe, because there's maybe constantly different maybe. ways of going about the same, you know, formula. Yeah. Like, yeah, the equation, like working it out. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, we have to unlearn to relearn things, and I absolutely agree with Jeff. Um, I think I think we we <laughs> went past beyond our our time, <laughs> but we do have some questions for the audience. Uh, what is your current biggest goal that you do want to attain, but fear is holding you back? You know, share your thoughts on your fears and what is holding you back from achieving. Whatever you want to achieve in life. If this episode helped you in any way, um, Jeff is uh, available, Mind Axis Life Coaching. You can follow him as well on Instagram. And of course, <laughs> Jens' um, new podcast. Ooh, uh, oh we'd like to congratulate you for <laughs> overcoming your fear. Thank <laughs> you. Putting out your podcast. Well yeah, man. <laughs> uh, the Momcast. Follow her as well. Oh, that's and, a cool name. Um, Oh, yeah. thank you. Sorry, yeah. that's, that's cool. Now, like I said, mom cats. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank you guys for being here today. You know, Jeff, it was a it was a pleasure to hear your story and what you have to share to us for taking your time out of your busy day. I'm sure you're very busy, and hopefully, we get to hear more from you in the future episodes. If there's anything you want to talk about, you know, yeah, you're, you're a welcome. part of the family Just, now. You know, give give us a message. <laughs> yeah hey, thoughts hey. across the ocean <laughs> and to Kervin also one hell of a soldier man for staying for staying up till 3am so can like, we just imagine like, the give some background we the are all well we are in three different time zones right now my time I am Friend in countries. America Eastern time yes. which is 3am what time is it there <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what time is it it's at your end? It's 4 p.m. 4 p.m. now. 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. 3 a.m. because oh, so we started. Like we started at 3 a.m. 
probably four a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and here it's uh yeah. it's in the morning, eleven a.m. where Yen and I are. And yeah, and of course to Yen, uh, <laughs> to our mom, the mom cast. <laughs> Thank you for taking yeah, your time out of, of your day. I'm sure you have more important things to do, like spending time with your son, doing episodes for your podcast. But you guys yeah. are here. Can't be any more than this. Like, this that. is amazing. This honors like thoughts across the ocean. Oh, yeah. sure. cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Literally. <Exactly. laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's it, guys. Uh, I'll see you. Right. I'll see you soon. I'll see you in the next episode. Hopefully, Jeff will see more of Anytime. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Thoughts Across the Ocean. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't miss the next one. Continue to follow our journey because more thoughts are waiting to be unveiled. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media. A thoughts across the ocean.